I'm Jeff Langley, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. He's been the voice of wakeboarding for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated Toad Water Sports' biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years on the water experience, charisma, and command of his audience, Noise of the North brings you the Golden Mike Podcast with Dano the Mano. Welcome, everybody, to the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the Noise of the North, Dano the Mano. We're coming at you from Orlando, Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. This audio podcast is based off the lake life, my passion for toad water sports, and the athletes who have helped sculpt the landscape of the sport we love. Twice a month, I'm chatting it up with the industry's top names, past and present, the riders, and the people behind the scenes who make this world on the water spin. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free on the first and third Wednesday of each and every month, both on iTunes and at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, Woodrose, Hydra Fenders, Jammy Pack, Performance Ski and Surf, Hungry Boards, SUP, SeaDeck Marine Products, and GoPuck. Be sure to check out the sponsor link on noiseofthenorth.com to help support and to find special offers and deals from the people who helped me make this show happen. If you haven't subscribed to the Golden Mike Podcast free on iTunes, please do. And don't forget to rate and review the show. Also, follow me on Instagram at DanoTMano, D-A-N-O-T-M-A-N-O, and on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. You guys can feel co- free to contact me with any questions or comments through the Golden Mike Facebook page, or you can email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Today's guest is Australia's fastest rising wakeboard superstar. As an amateur and junior pro athlete, he won numerous awards, including national and world titles. He's in his rookie season, and as a pro, he's already taken a couple of wins and is the first man to ever land a wake-to-wake 1080 in a contest pass. Corey Tunison joins me today, and I'm super pumped to have this cat on the podcast. Corey is one of the nicest young guys out there for sure. He's still a bit young, but has had to do some growing up over the last year as he joined the pro ranks. He's another rider who towed water sports flows through his blood. This episode should be a lot of fun as we find out more about the young ripper who everybody seems to be watching like a hawk right now. Hang on for a moment now, guys. We'll be right back with C-Tune or Corey Tunison here on the Golden Mike Podcast. SeaDeck is the leading manufacturer of a range of comfortable and durable EVA non-skid products for the marine industry. Working with the manufacturing leaders in towed water sports boats, SeaDeck has redefined non-skid flooring. No more stinky carpet or hard rubber mats. SeaDeck provide exceptional non-skid, a luxurious feel, and because it can be customized to your specification, a unique look that will set your boat apart from the crowd. For a more in-depth look and for more information, visit at SeaDeck.com and you have the perfect addition to your boat. Sea tune welcome Corey Tunison to the podcast. On, yeah, good to have you out here finally. Thanks, dude. It's good yeah. to be here. Yeah, you know, I know uh, your dad and the fam are our listeners, so I'm sure they're they're in Australia 
listening up right now, so we want to say hello to all of them, and I want to start the podcast off by congratulating you on a big win, another big win for the 2015 season at the final stop of the Supra Pro Wake Tour. Yeah, dude, that was a uh, that was a fun stop. Uh, that was a lot of people that came out, and um, yeah, it was um, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, everyone was there. It was the last stop of the season. Everyone was just um, happy to round off that tour. So it was uh, it was a great weekend that's and, for sure. And I know Supra is one of your sponsors, so it it probably felt pretty good to to do that behind uh, one of their uh, one of their awesome boats. Yeah, no, they were um, they were stoked. That's for sure. And some other big news out of the weekend: the wake to wake. 1080 and this is a, a contest first now yes a 1080 has gone down in a contest before ali mm-hmm. ali derome and and, and harley. harley clifford they did it back to back at uh the weight games years ago but that wasn't a specific event that was an event geared towards landing a trick that had never been done before this is for the first time ever in a contest a 1080 went down wake to wake during a contest run what was that like I mean, for me, um, when they when they came up to me and told me that, I mean, I kind of knew about it, but um, just for me, I mean, if they want to give me that title and they want to say that, then um, I'm obviously not going to turn it down. That's a that's a pretty cool achievement for me. So I already thought that it was already been done, and obviously Harley and Ollie nailed it. Um, and weight games, what what year was that? Like 2013, I think. Actually, 13. So yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was pretty cool to ride away from one. But like I said, I personally I thought it had already been done. But if they want to if they want to say that to me and um, give me that award, you'll then, take yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't I? Well, I've been watching a bunch of your stuff that has been coming out. I've been watching those um, those My Wake uh, three three trick lines that you've been doing, and oh, dude, that one you did that uh, the toe the toe ten the switch double cab roll, and then that double back roll. Man, I mean, your tricks are are insane, and right now you seem to be riding behind your boat better than well pretty much anybody else out there <laughs> yeah that was uh that was actually funny you know i mean that um i i, I really beat myself up trying that i uh i was trying it for three days straight and um i'd either get to like the last trick and um fall on that or i don't know i just uh couldn't put it together that like whole three days and um i was starting to get over it and it was like that last set and i was like all right if i land it i land it if i don't like i'm done like i'm so sore so uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely put my through a lot just to get those three tricks. It was crazy. Yeah, well, that's going to be an insane contest, and I definitely am looking forward to seeing the the results for that. But um, but let, let's talk a little bit more about the the Super Wake Tour real fast about this final stop. Um, I want to talk about the final. Uh, I wasn't there, so I I missed it. I only got to catch some of the stuff through social media. But let's see here. The podium had Harley and Shoda right mm-hmm. next to you. I think Harley in second, Shoda. Tezuka in third place. I remember, I believe I saw Dowdy's name on the on in finals. Who else was in that final? Yeah, that was uh, obviously it went me, me, Holly Shoda, and then I'm pretty sure Dowdy got fourth. He just got shy of getting the podium, and then Phil and Noah were also in the final. But I'm not exactly sure where. So it was a up. it was a stacked final. Yeah, because you know some people will be like, oh, there were, there were riders missing from that event, but. Yeah, I mean there were a couple guys, you know, like names like uh like who, like Rusty wasn't there and JD. JD. Yes, there were a few guys missing, but man, that that final, I mean, it looked like what looked like a super final. Yeah, seriously. And um I don't know, it's seen it seems to happen a lot this um this year, but the semifinals are almost harder than finals nowadays. I mean, Noah put together his best 
contest run he's ever done with pretty much everything he can do, which was sort of sick to see. And Massey killed it as well. He had a really, really good run, and Bill and Holly just managed to beat him, and um, he didn't make finals. So how did it go down? Um, yeah, pretty much. So everyone everyone actually fell in, um, in the finals. It was crazy. Um, I'm pretty sure I was the only one to make it back to the dock, which is insane to see. But you didn't final. have an easy run. No, I mean, uh, the, the water conditions were a little challenging, but saying that, uh, I think everyone was just going for it, you know? It was the last off and everyone really wanted that top spot. And But yeah, I'm pretty sure there were Harley and Dowdy uh, both did, both did doubles. And then uh, I can't remember exactly did, did what. Did you throw your double in there, that double back roll? No, I, uh, I didn't end up doing it in that event. I kind of felt more confident. Uh, with the tens I was doing um, like a couple of days before. So, um, yeah, I kind of threw that in there and just, um, yeah, it was crazy. Like as I was jumping off the dock, Harl, um, sorry, uh, Phil and Noah were right before me. And going into that uh, that event, my goal was just to make top three for the overall, considering it was like my first season and, and um, all that kind of stuff. So that was just my main goal going into the event. And um, when they both fell, like in their second passes, it was just like a world of relief just got uh, lifted off my shoulders. So I was like, all right, yeah, like let's go out and just whatever happens, happens. And um, if I fall, I fall. If I, if I put together a good run, I put together a good run. So. And th this isn't your only big win in 2015. You also had a win in the Wakeboard World Series, right? Yeah, I, uh, I won the Nautique Pro-Am about... What was that now? Like a month, month and a half ago? Well, that, yeah, that was, that happened in uh, June of 2015. I want to say here. Yeah. So um, that was a that was a really really good event. I was um super pumped to come away with a win. Dude, that, that was the event where in prelims in qualifiers you did a double roll, not in your run. You did it coming back to the dock, a crowd pleaser fan teaser. Yeah, as I like to call it. But then <laughs> from there, the rest of the weekend you started every every one of your runs with that double back roll where do you find the confidence uh to to throw these super uh, high risk tricks down in your run um well the week before the event i was just um i was a super confident in the double indie back roll so going into and actually being in the event i knew like first trick was the best water conditions that's where i had the most energy uh through my run so it just kind of made sense to me to go for it first trick. And like, I just, I don't know. I just, I was that confident in that trick that I knew that uh, I was going to ride away from it. So it was a, it was a cool feeling. All right. Let's talk about uh, how you got into, uh, how you got into the sport of wakeboarding. First, I want to start out with, with your folks. Uh, I know your dad was a barefooter, mm -hmm. but to what extent? Um, he, he did some contests, um, back in Australia, not, not big ones, just like the kind of state, um, like the little contests. So, um, was he like your frontwards barefooter, tumble turns? Could he do like maybe some endurance stuff like that? I mean, he did, he did tumble turns back to front, front to backs and all that kind of stuff. But, um, he just loved being on the water. Really. He just loved being on boats, loved skiing, um, where he uh, pretty much grew up, um, not grew up, but um, pretty much like in his 20s where he actually skied on a lake called Somerset Dam and there was a massive crew there and it was just everyone tried to get better than each other. So is he like uh, back in the day, like, you know, Amber Wing's family was really into barefooting. So is he like running around with them? I don't, I don't think he was that big. Uh, it was just kind of a little... A little town that um used to have a massive lake and like just like a couple people 
would uh would go on the lake and just try and show each other up and just try and do the best trick in front of the the pretty girl on the bank or whatever. Yeah, so. I like to call that river riding. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I like to call it. Nice. And what about your mom? She shred too, or? Uh, mom, no, she never. She was never really into the whole um, like the whole wakeboarding or like skiing um kind of thing. Obviously, dad like got her into the whole um whole scene, but she was uh she she used to double ski um and stuff like that and um she used to get up like on the round disc occasionally um but she kind of had like a bad fall uh wakeboarding and ever since then she's just um kind of stayed away from wakeboarding but it's uh it's awesome my mom um she's like well my dad's like super into wakeboarding obviously and helped me out with everything that has to do with wakeboarding and um mom's not really into the whole um scene as such so she just like covers like everything else so she like, like watches yeah um i mean so it's like it's it's a cool thing to have so like so, um my dad being so into the sport and my mom not so it's like two totally different things but it just works it's great yeah your dad is into the sport i he was actually announcing at the moomba masters which i which i think is hilarious because yeah you guys are a super family big time yeah yeah yeah. well i mean um it's funny dad whenever he sees that opportunity to get on the mark he just jumps on it he loves it hey but you know what he's not holding people back because right now i've I've had some conversations with him uh, in australia and he's been trying to work it out and to get me Mm. to be able to come out and yeah you need to announce a a few events and including that moomba match i really want to get out there it's it's expensive though to get to australia i mean i Obviously, you know, but yeah, well, I mean, um, the flight's like not even the worst part. It's just how expensive everything is. When yeah. You're there. I heard even insane. if you like go to McDonald's, which I don't really eat, but I heard even McDonald's, it's like a $14 meal or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, is what it is. Hey, let's talk about your brother, Bradley, uh, Bradley Tunison. He was pretty competitive. He's and did pretty well for himself. And I know he competed pro last year, but it seems like he's taken some time off from riding this summer. What's he been up to? He's just, uh, he's been busy working. He actually just started up two um, of his own businesses um, from scratch, which is which is awesome to see. You know, he loves wakeboarding. He obviously wants to be over here riding every day with um, all of his best mates. But um, it got to the point where he was like, all right, what do I, what do I want to do? Do I want to make profit at the end of the year or just make like a fair amount of money? So he's like, all right, so he's just knuckled down and, um, and yeah, he's uh he's doing really really well for himself. It's, I mean, he did, he had some pretty good years in juniors and a in a decent start in as a pro, right? Yeah, no, he uh he ended up I think he won a world title in um in the boys division when he was like twelve or thirteen years old over in Korea one year. It just has to be tough for you guys being all the way in Australia. And it seems boat wise, it seems like if you want to be a, a competitive boat rider, this is really where you need to be is in the States. Yeah, seriously. Orlando is just it's just so much easier to wakeboard, you know, I mean we all live on lakes, we all have the boat in the backyard. Gas is half the price and what it is back home. So it's just uh it's a lot more accessible. For us to come over here. And you guys buy your gas in liters over there? Yeah. <laughs> so so probably when, when us Americans get over there, we look at it, we're like, oh my God, it's so cheap to ride here. Oh, but it's really not. It's like, <laughs> I want to say it's around like $40, $50 a set. Wow. At the moment, where over here, it's like 30 bucks a set. So That's what it costs for you, my friend. Luckily, <laughs> if you're uh, not riding a boat that doesn't, you need any weight or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, any other siblings? Uh, no, it's just, uh, it's just me and Brad. 
it's it's very cool and like that's what, you know, I talk about on the podcast a lot and that's one of the things I love about the sport is how it brings families together, you know, and you and your brother have had all of those years that you got to travel together and hang together. Obviously now is your, what's your, uh, Brad's got to be 21 or so. Or uh, yeah, he turns 21 at the end of September. So, you know, and I've known you guys for ages well, now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I've been announcing for you guys since you're little, little kids. Mm-hmm. So I think Brad's a smart dude and he, obviously you get to the point where you got to kind of figure out where you're at in the sport and yeah exactly. yes he's he's very very talented but does he just want to be a guy who's stacking the heat or mm. you know yeah well, i mean he still wakeboards every day and he still um he still does like a bunch of stuff back home for um for a lot of people he runs like coaching camps every weekend um uh so yeah i mean he's uh he's really big in the industry back home he continues to give back yeah exactly and that's um that's brad he just loves giving to pretty much everyone i see he's a giver so. Now you're 18 years old, 17 right now, 17 years old. And I've probably, I've got to have known you now for at least eight or nine years, yeah. I, I'm guessing, or at least your family. Did you start as a skier or were you, did, were you introduced to wakeboarding first? No, I was, uh, I was that little kid that just would never get off the double skis. Really? Yeah. I refused to get off the double skis. Um, and, uh, ever like, um, pretty much where I started wakeboarding was where dad used to water ski in barefoot when he was younger. So, um, and it was kind of cool. It was like the same thing happening over and over again, where there was a little, uh, little crew of riders that pretty much just, uh, pushed each other and, uh, pretty much just wanted to see all of us improve and get better. So all those guys just like jumped on the wakeboard, got off the skis. And, uh, I think it took me like a couple months to, to give it a crack and, I think I got up like second or third try and then um, I was pretty much just like following what um, all the other guys did because, I mean, they're older, they're cooler, whatever. So uh, I was just following them. And Any then, of these names you're talking about, like notable names in Australian wakeboarding? Uh, you know, you used to know the Askew family? Yeah. Jared, Jared and Mitch. Askew, yep. yep. Um, and then there was Luke Ryan, um, John Harris. Um, they never really made it. Um I think I think they might have done a couple contests over here, and then I grew up with Mitch Langfield. Sure, for a while, um, and uh, pretty much watched him become the writer who he is, um, which was sick. Obviously, Mitch has kind of taken a, a different direction than boat riding. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's still awesome still what he does. It. And um, I see him ride boat like every now and then. I think he rides like maybe once or twice a year. He's like, he's and, like, make sure there's no cameras, and I'll go for a boat ride. No, dude, he <laughs> still kills it. He still goes out and does like back sevens, peats, tersed roll to blinds. Like I remember him coming in as a junior and just, I, I mean, he he was insane. Yeah. He was insane. Yeah, he was He was really good. That's for sure. Hey, so you talk about that spot that your dad grew up riding on. It sounds like you guys kind of had like a summer house of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So oh. so where so where in Australia did you grow up? Uh, in Brisbane. In Brisbane. Yeah. And then how far was the summer place? Uh, it was about an hour um, inland from Brisbane. Um, and... Uh, Pretty much like in the middle of nowhere, which is sick. There's no phone service. Um, and there's pretty much just like a tiny little town with probably about 50 people. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just like a holiday house, really like a weekend house. We'd, um, every Friday afternoon, we'd um, pack our stuff in the morning. Mom and dad would pick us up from school Friday afternoon and we'd head straight to the lake. 
um after that and we try and get a set in if we could like late friday night and then um spend all weekend there um and then we'd actually stay sunday night ride super early in the morning and then head straight to school on mondays um, on monday so awesome yeah so speaking of school are you are you still in school no i uh i uh, finished grade 11 a couple years ago um and then the online school i was going to they kind of uh we kind of had a little mishap with them um so i decided not to do grade 12 and then either next year or the year after i'm gonna study sports management or but marketing your your schooling's a little different grade 12 to it is grade 12 to you is different than grade 12 yeah. to us here in the states right it is i mean a lot of people actually leave school in grade 10 right and um and then they go on they go on into like a trade right they do either do a trade or there's this thing called tafer it's kind of like a university but it's kind of not um and you can study courses through there while either going to school or not going to school do you foresee yourself getting back into it uh yeah no i definitely um pretty much like this the decision was either try and go through and do grade 12 um with the mishaps that i was facing or uh have a couple years break and then come back and study something to do with wakeboarding rather than just like random basic subjects yeah sports management sounds yeah yeah, well, I mean, that's my passion, and um, I mean, it just kind of made sense, and it still does. So, very cool. So, how long have you been competing for? I can't even remember my first contest, to be honest. Um, I want to say I was around six or seven. Yeah, when I did my first contest, and that was just like the little um state contests that were getting run at the time, and um the still the same association still runs today and i still go there i still compete at those events and um help run them now so it's uh, they probably want you as a judge now yeah no i definitely judge um pretty much all the divisions from like people that are just getting up to um say kobe france who's a junior pro slash pro rider now so right that's cool so um as as far as competing goes, I know I know that I've announced for you in junior men. I, I remember announcing for you winning a title the world title in amateur junior men. Mm-hmm. Which in my opinion I was like, Oh, this guy needs to be in junior pro. But I <laughs> and you were super super young. Yeah. Um uh, did I announce for you in boys also? Yes. I uh I that was the world. It was at OWC. Sure. And um, that was the year where Harley was still living on Lake Holden. And um, we came over a couple weeks before the event, rode with Harley. And um, I think I ended up landing like a a whirly five, like a week before the contest. And that was like the craziest thing for me back then. And um, going into the event, like all the boys were just like, oh, you got to do a whirly five. No, like getting super into my head and uh, ended up like bombing out of that event. I think I came like last in the final um which kind of sucks but that'll happen yeah it does um so that was that was my boys experience um at at worlds and then i think i had one more worlds before that which is in reno and i was at the under nine boys division sure okay cool yeah yeah it was uh me jason and noah who were competing so that's crazy how long you guys have all been kind of moving up the ranks together over the years and who actually sticks around and, mm. and who who uh, doesn't quite uh, make it for as many years, you know? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool to see. I mean, um, like every sport, um, I mean, that's what everyone 
um, aims to be a professional wakeboarder, we could say. So um, not everyone can be a professional at their chosen sport. So it's uh, it's cool to see who, who can make it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as a professional, how much time do you spend training? Because to me, it sounds like growing up, you were sort of a weekender. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a weekender growing up, but um, I was fortunate enough to live close to a river um, where we lived in Brisbane. So I was still able to ride um, during the week. Which the Hacko? No, the Brisbane River. The Brisbane River. Yeah. The Hacko, that's, that's in that's Sydney. That's in Sydney, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was definitely fortunate enough to, um, pretty much ride almost every day, which was cool. Um, and then over here is pretty much the exact same. I mean, I'll go out in the boat twice a day for, uh, it depends on how many people I have with me, but normally it's just, uh, mainly my roommates coming out in the boat with me. So it's like an hour, maybe two hours at a time. So it's, uh, four hours in the boat max a day. And then I just get to do, I have so much time just to do other stuff during the day. Which are is you, good. are you on the, you're on the same lake as Harley. Are you on the water before him or? I normally go out in the boat. I aim to get out on the boat, um, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'll normally wake up like around eight, um, have a shower, get bracky and just allow my body to wake up. Before. How does it work on your lake? Okay. Cause you've got Harley. Yeah. Who's got clout. You got grub mm-hmm. who I would think has the most clout. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how does it work? If you, Harley, and Grub pull out at the same time onto the <laughs> onto the water, I mean, I, I, I'm basically hearing there's an old movie called The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and yeah. the song's like, <laughs> so what's it like? Is it just like a stare down? Who's- yeah, no, thankfully, I've uh, I've never been in that situation, but um, normally it's pretty good. We normally... Um, either ride at separate times or um, we're always in the same boat because um, Dowdy lives on the same lake and um, Megan Ethel lives on the same lake as me as well. So uh, it's normally pretty good. I mean, it's only been, I've only had more than two boats on the lake at one time, like maybe twice, three times this year. And that's normally like just before the contest, everyone's getting out there, sure. doing, getting that last minute training in. So. Absolutely. I I asked it to Harley, but do you guys ever like when you're not riding together? I know you guys are very competitive, Harley and Dowdy and you. Are you ever like watching them, seeing what they're doing, like taking notes? Uh, where where my house is on the lake, you can't really. Um, it's in like a little cove from where where you ride, so I can't really um see um anyone that's riding because where my bit of water is, it's like only like five foot the whole way. Um, so no one really goes in there, but um. Well, um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, if, if I did live on the lake, I'm sure I'd look out the window and be like, oh, hey, Harley's, Harley's riding, what's he doing? All right. Yeah, he did a double tantrum. That was sick. You're like, oh, there's, there's Harley. He, yeah, there he is, Moby Dick 9. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> killing it as always. So, um, I'm sure I would if I lived on, um, the main bit of the lake, but I think that's just who we are as competitive athletes. Absolutely. Uh, do you find yourself free riding at all or is it mostly just training? It's a bit of both. What what do you think the difference between free riding and training is? Um, for me, like tra- when I when I go out and um, have a set, I'll normally just go out and do my stuff um, once, maybe twice, depending on where I'm at and at a con- um, before a contest or something like that. So uh, for me, training would be um, going out, doing my stuff, making sure it's right, um, and then either trying a new trick or something like that. Um, and... Um, Free riding is just whatever you really want to do, really. Um, normally for me, I'll go out and do my stuff all the time anyway. Um, but then I'll normally spend like an extra 10, 
minutes just doing different stuff and the stuff that I like to do and um, think that I um, looks good for other people to watch anyway. So like big old grabs and yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I was I was just in. Uh, speaking of like tricks that people want to watch, uh, I was in Quebec recently mm-hmm. and. I was on a trip uh, at Ali and Rafter Rome's place, and I recommend if you have the opportunity to go up to their place in Quebec, you go. Yeah, it's, no, I've uh, I've seen footage of that place, and it looks it, dope. It's insane. I'm, yeah, I know this kind of doesn't mean anything, but that um those those threes that Ali does, like super late stale fish grab, mm-hmm. that's uh that's a trick so I like it. to watch. Yeah, no, yeah, it looks good. Pretty sweet. Say so, so so uh your first official year as a pro, two major wins, a wake to wake ten eighty in a contest, double flips going down pretty much every week. Have you met or exceeded your goals? Definitely. I mean, coming into the season I um I was just uh wanting to make top ten or top five and um to to be able to say that I've won two events and I've got um like five contests to go, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm stoked with the way the season's gone. I'm I'm absolutely happy with how um how I've gone so far, and uh, if the season was to be done right now, I'd I'd be stoked. So, I, I'd be for you too. I I'm actually already stoked for you. This is this <laughs> Thanks, has been a pretty dude. pretty serious season and a lot of events, right? Yeah, yeah like no, already you, you said there's like five lot. more events, but a lot of events. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on events? Anything that you you like or you don't like that you've seen this year? I feel like the the level of contest just um, with the way they've been run um, and the setup has improved a lot since last season. Um, I feel like um, all the boat companies are kind of at a war right now, and that is trying to outdo one each other, um, which is sick. Because I mean, uh, the level of contest. Um, is insane right now i mean we're getting looked after a lot better than what other what other pro athletes would in the past so it's um it's actually an honor to go to these events and to to, to compete at them yeah well and you know for me as an announcer it's awesome to have a, a a guy like you out there on the water i mean you you definitely make it look easy you definitely make <laughs> it look look fun and and just pushing the sport to a whole new level you know what i mean it, for for just too long it seemed like everybody thought that oh maybe harley and phil were like the only two who are doing it and now just seeing what everybody not everybody but like what a handful of you young guys are doing guys like you and and massey Pifferetti and and dowdy and you know just just watching you guys and for once seeing dude i like harley but it is very cool to see some pressure on the boy. Mm. You know what I mean? So, uh, big ups. Uh, congratulations to you and also the crew. For, yeah, thanks, dude. For everything, that, uh, for everything that you guys do over here. I got to ask you, is it hard for you to stay focused on contests, which is basically your job? You're still a young dude, 17 years old. You don't really have any authority figure over here. Um, <laughs> I mean, you used to have your brother. Yeah. Who's over here? But he's not here this summer. Mm-hmm. Your parents aren't here. Uh, I mean, you you have a good head on your shoulders, but um, is it ever is it ever tough to stay focused on on events? It is. I mean, after after I won the the pro am a couple months ago, it was uh, I was obviously stoked, but it was um, I was at the stage where I was like, all right, I've won an event now. 
because I've won, I need to won, I need to win every single event for the rest of the year. And um it's just it just gets to a point where um I put that much pressure on myself where my riding starts to start to go down and um I gotta find um I've kinda learnt that over the last month where there's a there's a fine line where you gotta if you go over it then I gotta start going down. So it's um it's definitely something that I've had to overcome this year because I've never really been put in that environment or in that pressure before. So it's um this year's definitely been uh a learning year for me. I'm learning every single event. Um growing up, son. Yeah, no, seriously. It's um it's been an insane season with a lot of ups and downs. And I mean we're only like three quarters of the way through. Yeah. So. It's it is wild. It definitely shows some trust on your on your folks behalf to mm. send you over here to the states all by yourself yeah definitely i mean um mom and dad are super confident with uh the setup that they've given me which is um which is definitely a big thing and um i try and surround myself with the right people um that's gonna a help me improve and b um help um hopefully I'll be able to help them improve as well. So, do you have like any mentors over here? Like, if you do need somebody to kind of to to look to or talk to or call for advice, if you know, normally, normally I don't speak to mom and dad about that. Normally, um, I try and catch it before, uh, it gets out of hand. I mean, I speak to mom and dad every day. So, um, yeah, cool. no, me something, too. <laughs> me yeah. too. Uh, so yeah, if something if something does come up, I'll um obviously talk to them about it first, and then. Um, we'll think of a game plan and then we'll start figuring out what needs to be done about it. So very cool. Very, a very level headed young man. It's, uh, <laughs> we can appreciate that. Uh, Corey, let's take a quick break here, uh, for just a quick uh, moment or so and find out about one of the great supporters of the golden Mike podcast. Sick. Let's take a quick break now and talk about go puck. Enjoy mobile freedom with wearable power. The GoPuck is an ultra-lightweight and compact charger storing enough power to charge any mobile device. Designed for the active lifestyle, GoPuck gives you durable power solutions and fits in the palm of your hand. I'm always on the go, and GoPuck helps me keep all my devices charged all the time. Whether it's riding my bike, at the beach, or on the boat, I can charge all of my devices. I use it on flights every week and wouldn't. I couldn't leave home without it. The Golden Mike Podcast is powered exclusively by GoPuck, powering our Zoom recording device and GoPro cameras. Use promo code MANO2015 for an extra 20% off. Again, go to gopuck.com forward slash MANO and don't forget to use the promo code MANO2015. What are some of the differences between the Australian and the U.S. scene? The American scene's huge, you know I mean? Um, just when you go back home um, and people ask, like, oh, what do you do every day? Or, like, what's your job or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I wakeboard. And they're like, oh, wakeboard? Like, what's that? Um, where over here you say, you tell someone that you wakeboard and they're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. So that's obviously a huge difference. And then um, there's just a better contest scene over here you know we have like all the tours that get run over here and all the associations and all the magazines and the entire industry is just based out of america and mainly even orlando so i think that's just exactly what what australia is missing right now i mean we have association but it's uh 
it's kind of parent run where um, a lot of the parents will step up because they love the sport and they want to help their their kids improve. So that's uh, that's definitely the main difference um, in my eyes. I feel like the Australian scene is developing the best riders in the world. I mean, you look at the results and there's no question guys like you and Harley and Tony Iacone and Dean Smith. I mean, you just look at the names, you look at the names and it's just insane. But it kind of blows my mind that the the contest scene is smaller there. You guys don't have a pro tour anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, you guys still have a nationals. Yeah, I understand. But really, there aren't that many events. How 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 is Australia able to deliver and develop these young, amazing contest riders when you guys have more than less than half the amount of events that we do. I think it's just because um, obviously it's a big, a big effort for all of us to come over and, uh, and compete. So um, I know, I know for like a lot of younger, younger riders that are looking to come over, they're not going to come over unless they have like a fighting chance of winning. So um, we really make sure um, that we're going to do well at the contest because it's such a big effort. So we really, um, we really train hard. And I mean, um, we've obviously had such great riders to look up to all the way going, but all the way back from um, Josh, Daniel, Ike, and even Mark Kenny. So um, I think it's just um, the fact that it's such a long, long trip and we really want to make sure that we're going to do well if we're going to make it. And the future all still looks bright for you guys in both women and men's wakeboarding with, uh, Zara Kell and um, Sam Brown, yeah, just to name a couple of the young, <laughs> yeah, of the young rippers. Yeah, those guys are those guys are really good for how old they are. It's insane. So, who are some of your favorite people to ride with, either in Australia or here, or both? That's a that's a hard question. You know, I mean, I ride um, with my roommates every day. So, Kobe. Um, that's Kobe France. Kobe France. Yep. yep. And uh, Michael Cotton, who's over here uh, for a couple months. He's one of my good mates from back home. Um, so, I ride with those boys pretty much every day. And um, I ride with them a lot back home as well. So, it's uh, it's sick. I get like that home feeling um, when I ride out here every day, which is, uh, which is sick. And they make me laugh. And they're some of my best mates, which is, uh, which is awesome. But, um, I definitely feel like, um, I've been riding with Massey and Gunner a little bit and obviously daddy and those guys absolutely kill it. And, um, Massey and Gunner definitely have a style that's, uh, uncomparable to any other one else in the sport, which is sick. Yeah. I, and I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but I think it's very cool right now is the guys that are in your age bracket, I'd say in that like 16 to to 22 year old age bracket there's a handful of 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 you young riders who are are riding outside the box you guys are creating your own tricks you guys are coming up with your own twists to tricks you aren't just adding that extra 180 or or a grab or something you guys are actually doing things that have never been done mm. i think it's um i think this is the evolution of the sport i mean uh, a lot of people can just um, add on one aids, and I think it's actually gotten to the point where um, that we have added on a lot of stuff where it's just all looking the same. So it's like, ah, we need a, we really need to make stuff look different. And I mean, um, guys like Rathy, Aaron Rathy, do that the best. Um, and um, I know uh, I had.
had a double set with uh, Mike Daddy uh, a couple weeks ago, and we pretty much just every trick we did, we tried to grab differently that we've never done before, and that was probably one of the funnest sets I've had in months. It was uh, it was sick. So it's um, yeah, it's just the way the sport's going at the moment. We're all, I feel like we're all just as good as each other, and we're just trying to get that fighting edge over over the other guy. Like past or present, uh, which wakeboarders would you say inspire you in your riding? It's um, I don't know. That's always been a super hard question for for me to ask. I mean, for me to answer. I've um, I'm the type of person that looks at um every single rider and admires what they do best. Um, so I've always looked to other people and be like, ah, this person does that trick sick. Um, that other guy does that trick sick. So um, it's uh, super hard for me to um, pinpoint like one or two people, but um, yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, I don't know. I, I mean, um, this is who I am, really. I think. Do you, do you like dive in any wakeboard movies or anything like that? I mean, I watch wakeboard edits and wakeboard movies every day. Um, I mean, edits edits are movies, which I, obviously in this day and age, edits are just the easier thing to watch. But yeah. what about movies? You got any favorites? I mean. 12 Honkies, obviously. Um, that's probably the best wakeboard movie ever made. Old school. Um, yeah. And then um, Prime was obviously insane. And um, Alsa was definitely one of my favorites just because it was a little different than uh, the normal wakeboard movie that's been released in, what, the last, like, maybe five years or so. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, no, those ones definitely stick out for me. Um, and then... Um, I forgot how long ago this movie came out. Uh, do, you, do you remember Global War- Warming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that movie. Was Ronnie sick. Romero movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that movie was awesome. Kyle Alberts. He had a sick session. Yeah. Yeah, Ky- he had a really, uh, really good session. Yeah. He wrote that Marilyn Manson song. Yeah. Um, Dean, I think he wrote uh, a Hilltop Hood song, which yeah. was sick. Yeah, Dino, yeah. that was a good one. Mm. I think Lidberg was in that movie. A lot of people. Yeah, it was oh. a bit. Yeah. I remember, you remember they had the... Uh, like synchronized dancing scenes at the beginning of it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Mar, oh, what was Mari's section again? He had that like. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think he had guys, like a really funny song. And I give those but. guys props because uh, a, a lot of wakeboarders probably would be like, "Wait, you want me to do what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, that worked out pretty good. So, um, so as you continue to ride better and better, and your con- your like contest results continue to improve do you think people are starting to compare you to harley and if so like does that bother you at all um i'm i think they would be now um i mean i think it's only natural um when someone someone else is coming through the ranks and when uh when someone pretty much rules the contest scene for the last like three four or five years um there's obviously going to be people that are going to be like, all right, yeah, he, he rides like Harley. He's going to be that that guy or whatever. But, um, I mean, that's obviously a huge honor for me to be compared to Harley because obviously of who he is and sure, um, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, for for me, I'd rather be noticed as uh as Corey rather than another another rider. How's your mental game at contests? I think it's good. I mean, the way the way I compete in contest normally reflects on how how I'm riding the week before before the event. So if I'm feeling good coming into the event, then um, that's normally when when I do my best. So 
what are what are a couple of tricks that you've seen recently? Um, and you know, you talk about some of those guys that you ride, and we talked about some of those unique tricks that those guys are doing. What are some of the tricks that you've seen that blow your mind? And maybe you can even give up some possible wake award trick of the year <laughs> stuff that you know secretly. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, Daddy's twelve was just mind blowing, right? Um, that was incredible. Wake to wake twelve on the real wake videos. Yeah insane um but what really stood out for me was um cody house's triple yeah um, i mean we've seen it in every sport where um someone's taking it to that next level and added another flip to whatever it is so you see it in snowboarding you see it in like what like bmx and sure. motocross didn't now, they so. in bmx they they did a, a quad right a, yeah a four flip so and motocross i've done a triple which is insane yeah to even think about it's mind-blowing it's yeah. mind-blowing well cody has did that um that triple on the cable mm-hmm. uh do you do you do any cable riding at all i do um i did i did i have to admit i did a lot more last year when i was living with uh aaron gunn sure um it was wait, uh, wait aaron gunn in australia or aaron gunn here in the states yeah he was living over here in Orlando. oh yeah um so that was uh it was a uh, it was a good mix we'd uh We'd ride boat in the morning, and then we'd go to the cable in the afternoon. So, um, and Aaron is a freak at oh, yeah. uh, both cable and boat. I mean, we'd go out and we'd we'd actually play like trick for trick, and like he'd set a hill nine first crack. Yeah, didn't you? Didn't you guys convince him to ride it uh, like the wake open wake or open. something last yeah. year? And and he, he kind of flailed it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, he rode horribly at that event, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it was definitely a good, um, good environment to be in last year. Where have you competed in any of the cable events or? Um, I compete in a fair bit back home. But are you gonna do? Are you gonna compete at the WWA Wakeboard Nationals in cable? Um, not not this year. I um, to be completely honest, I haven't ridden cable in probably like a couple months now. You're just kind of focusing um, on the boat stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it's my rookie year. I want to do the best that I possibly can. Um, but saying that, cable, uh, I mean, cable definitely helps riding boat for sure. I mean, I learned a couple of stuff on the cable um, first, and then I had to convert it over to boat, which was sick. So, yeah, no, I definitely want to start doing some cable events, um, hopefully hopefully next year. But cable's hard, dude. It's uh it's really hard. You gotta be super creative and um it's definitely a whole a whole different side of the sport, but well, it's come that, so far, man. Oh dude. It has come so far. I yeah. From when they were just doing big old air tricks and stuff like that, uh to you talk about it right now. You know, yeah, it probably is easier to do a ten or a nine or a double on a cable, right? I think it's different for different people. I mean, I've done I've done double flips on the cable and I've done them behind the boat. I uh, I actually thought it was it was easier to do. Well, I did double cabs on both, and I um, I thought it was easier to do it behind the boat. That Very was, interesting. Uh, but saying that, I haven't done a double cab on the cable in probably three years. I'm gonna say I think a lot of people would argue the fact that doing it on the boat is easier <laughs> you know i think yeah. that but you know at the same time you talk about like cable being so hard well when you got a dude like aaron gunn who is so capable of throwing banger 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 whether it's onto a rail mm-hmm. off of a rail 
off of a kicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, they're so, so versatile. Yeah, definitely. And I think it just, um, it, it differs from different people. Um, obviously different people would think one trick's harder than another. Sure. Um, and that obviously applies to people thinking that cable's harder than boat. So. What is it about the boat that you love so much? I think it's just, um, I mean, I grew up riding behind the boat, and um, every time I get out behind the boat, it just reminds me of why I started wakeboarding in the first place. Uh, it's just the fact that I love the sport, having like that family um, environment and going out in the boat with a bunch of crew and with a bunch of people. So I think it's um, I think it's that that feeling that I get that just keeps getting me out in the boat. Now you've been we we started talking a little bit about it at the beginning of the episode about super boats and I know they've been taking care of you for a long time. I think they they saw a lot of potential in you, your brother, and your entire family a long, long time ago. You know what I I think that you fit in very well with with the brand. Um, I was a part of the I was I got to be a part of the uh, release of one of their new boats at the end of two thousand and fourteen. And I know they just released a new boat um, uh, a week ago or so from from when we're uh, recording this podcast episode. Uh, before we talk about the new boat, is there anything about Supra, the technology that you like, that you love in particular? I think it's just the people that um, that are behind the company. And um, it's, uh, it's definitely a cool feeling, you know what I mean? Um, you deal with Rick Tinker, which is... Um, which is he's he's the big guy of the company. So it's uh you get that more family orientated um kind of business when you deal with them, which is sick compared to say dealing with a team manager who you don't really know if they're gonna be there for the next five, ten years or if you have to jump from different people. So sure. yeah. So pretty that's, cool um, when you get to deal with the prez himself. Yeah, no, it's uh it's definitely um a cool feeling dealing with uh with Rick. And Supra's come a long, long, long way. I mean, they've been a brand that have been around forever, but um, wake-wise, boat-wise, fit and finish, I mean, over the last three or four years, I mean, they have just made, it's like a complete facelift. I think they basically redesigned their whole entire line from the ground up. Yeah, no, that's, um, they are. They set out a goal, I think it was like five years ago, to um, redo the whole line and pretty much give Supra um, a new face. And um, I think they've uh, they brought out the SA, I think it was like three or four years ago now, and that was kind of like the, um, all right, this is our new boat, but we're, we're definitely doing some more um, bigger boats in the future. There's the SA, the SE, right? Uh, yeah, this uh, that's what I got right now. I got the SE, and that's uh, that's been pulling pulling the pro tour and pulling all the events this year. Um, and then they actually just released their new boat, which is um, still called the SA, but it's uh, it's a completely new hull design. And um, I rode behind it at the shoot, uh, I want to say about a month ago. And uh, I absolutely loved it. It was a, it was a sick boat. Nice. So, so you got any, uh, anything uh, on that new boat? Some, maybe some new features, something that, uh, yeah, no, we uh super super worked hard. We've uh we've got a bunch of new features for this year. I mean, um we got steering wheel controls, which is definitely one of my favorite things in the new boats, which is sick. We can uh you can control everything from pretty much a steering wheel. 
Um, you can get like the volume, the speed. I'm pretty sure you can do even do the wake plate Sick. On, on this on the wheel, which is cool. Um, and then another cool thing is we got a completely new um launch system on the boat where like the whole back of the boat is like covered in plates. It's insane. Um, I think the boats only have like a couple centimeters gap. Um, like through the whole back of the boat, which is insane. Um, so those plates just pretty much dropped down, and it's like. When they were testing it out, they like almost sunk the boat. It was, um, yeah, they were telling me about it. They said it was insane. Yeah, it's cool, you know, because you guys got either, you know, you, you look at the team and you got the Reed Hansen with the wake skating. He's he's the best. Yeah. You know, with the wakeboarding, got, you know, you, Trevor Hansen, uh, you've you got Daniel Powers, Taylor McCullough. I mean, you guys have a really good team. And I'm not familiar with the wake surf team, but I'm guessing they probably have some decent wake surfers uh representing the brand as well there so yeah no we are we got i think we have like three or four um wake surfers on the team and one of them he uh he was competing on the wake surf pro tour this year and i think he ended up getting like third overall behind um keenan and north legal which is uh which is really good efforts and yeah those, those guys are, are like unbeatable so <laughs> they're so good at yeah. wake surfing well there's they're so good at pretty much everything water so. sports in general well cool we'll see uh super boats at the world championship so it'll be my chance to pop around and check out that new boat so yeah dude you got it it's for uh, sure it's it's a sick boat i will i will uh what do you do like when you're not wakeboarding um this year's been pretty pretty chilled out to be honest um we pretty much wake up ride um and then it changes um from every day i mean i'll try and go to the gym maybe twice a week um get the stuff done that I need to get done during the day. Um, and then that'll normally either take me to like the afternoon. So I'll just jump back straight out on the boat. Are you doing anything touristy in Orlando? Like you got, you going out to I drive or down to Disney or anything? I mean, I know you live here and once you live here, it's kind of like, ah, whatever, but you, I don't know. I find myself down at I drive every now and then. I mean, I've, uh, I've done all the theme parks. I've done all of that stuff. I've actually been trying to go to the, to Universal for like the last couple of weeks. I've just been trying to get a crew together, but everyone's like, yeah. Then you got to get the express pass, and then it's right. expensive. <laughs> and it's a lot of effort. But um, no, I've done I've done like all the touristy stuff. Um, and which I think it's really sick. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty chilled this year. It's been it's been good. Very cool. Um, what about um. Uh, like food wise, you you cook for yourself, or are you going out to restaurants every single day while you're here in, in the states? It's a bit of both. Um, the my roommates, um, they always help me cook whenever whenever I cook at the house. I try and cook like maybe four times a week. Um, we'll just go out and get all the groceries at the start of the week, and then like once, what's your specialty? Um, I don't know. I mean, I try and I steal all my meals off my mom. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've been cooking a bunch of new stuff. Um, this year, which has been cool, because obviously my mate Michael. Oh, here, what is it? Spaghetti? Uh, no, I've <laughs> been I've been cooking some. Um, I mean, tonight I had a salmon and salad, which was sick. I have never cooked salmon um, before. Bro, I might have to hire you to be my cook over here. Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd love to cook you a meal <laughs> yeah. for sure. But um, no, I do I do a lot of like um rice um rice meals and stuff like that, which is cool. What about restaurants? What's the go to here in Orlando? Um, like gotta go, gotta go. Some one of your wakeboard fans comes here to train. Where are you telling them to go? 
All right. Well, I mean, uh, first off, definitely Rocco's Tacos for sure. Oh, it's right that, by my house. Yeah, dude. I drove past it on the yeah. way here. It was. Sick. That's right. You got to yeah. drive past Rocco's on your way to the mini mansion. Of course. <laughs> um, but no, that place is really good. But there's this, um, there's this one sushi place like right near my house. And uh, we've been going there for like three years now. And we like, kind of know the guy that serves us. What place? Uh, it's Ijiban, right on um, OBT and Sand Lake, where um, Chipotle and okay, um, sure. um, that complex is. All right. Yeah, so every time he, we go, he like gives us 50% off every time now. It's great. Dude, I got to go with you next time. Cause yeah, I just I just had sushi over at that Aoki place here in Orlando. Aoki, yeah. It's right across from Performance. I'm, I'm not a fan of that place. It was decent. I mean, it's all right. It was decent. But it's like, if you're going to go for hibachi, you might as well go like Kobe's or something like right. that. Right, yeah. sure. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, they have a really good happy hour, though. Aoki? Yeah. Yeah. I heard the lunch menu is really good, too. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Sushi House is a place I used to go to. I haven't been there. They, that was used to be the go-to because it was right across the street from Performance Ski and Surf. Yeah. So, But Orlando is the place to get... I think Orlando is a great place to get sushi. Yeah. No, I mean, I love sushi. I mean, um, I've always loved it, and um, I've actually convinced a lot of my mates to, to try eat. it yeah and um yeah they actually love it now as well which is sick uh where is the best place you've gotten to go because of wakeboarding probably i want to say italy italy was um italy was absolutely awesome um we went there for worlds a couple years ago the iwwf worlds yep yeah um but the cool thing was normally when i go to a contest it's fly in do the contest fly out um but we kind of made like a family vacation holiday um kind of thing out of it and we went like two weeks before the event um and pretty much saw everything um that there is to see in italy so um that the was, leaning uh, tower of pisa yeah no it was uh it was definitely a trip that i'll uh i'll never forget that's for sure Cool. So it's definitely on my bucket list of places to go for yeah. sure. You got it. You got to hit. Um, you got to hit Massey up too. Yeah. Yeah. He's got. Um, he's got an amazing place. Was he over in Milan? Uh, on Lake Como. Lake Como. Yeah. I was just read an article on Facebook. That's where I get all my news from, and uh, it was saying top ten lakes in the world, and Lake Lake Como is one of them. And the funny thing about the article too is that Lake Geneva, which is in Wisconsin, right by where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um. Lake Norman, which is in Mooresville, North Carolina, where I announced an event last year where some young rippers are from. Stephen Pierce is from there, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Daniel Johnson in the Little Grom Division is Sorry. from there. Was named on that top 10 list. And Lake Butler, no right way. here. Yeah, Windermere. That, that's awesome. Yep, the Butler chain was named on that li- list of top 10s. So. That's sick. What, do you know what number it was? Which one? Butler? Lake yeah, Butler? Lake Butler. I don't know. I suppose I could... Get on Facebook right now and look <laughs> it up, but I'm that just sounds like a lot of effort. <laughs> so, hey, so where do you where do you see yourself in ten years? In ten years, pretty much, um, I'd love to be winning every single event that um, that I go into. But um, pretty much, my what I want to be doing in ten years is still wakeboarding. Um, I love wakeboarding. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So. Uh, if I'm still wakeboarding in 10 years and if I'm still killing it, um, I'll, I'll be stoked. It's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah, it is. Where do you think wakeboarding will be in 10 years? Dude, that's a scary thought. That's, um, I have no idea. I mean, 
three years ago, we never would have thought wakeboarding would have got back into the X Games, and now look right. where we are. Sure. Um, so if I had to take a guess, I mean, um, probably just doing X Games events and um, maybe, oh, dude, I have no idea, really. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard thought. I, yeah, I have no idea. It can go in so many directions from yeah. the, from the cable, the big air and. I mean, who who knows? I mean, even with these like new wave pools that they're building and stuff, yeah, like, you know, man. it's it, it it's exciting to say the least. Yeah. Um. Any special trips outside of contests? Maybe like photo sh- or video shoots lined up for the near future. Um, for the future, um, as of right now, not really. I mean, um, I'm just uh, I'm just looking to finish this season out. Um, finish it strong, and then I'll go back take maybe a month off and then that's really when um I sit down and figure out what I want to do for the season coming. So um that's normally when I try and plan out like a bunch of stuff and um you obviously can't plan out like film trips and stuff um that early into season cuz normally you'll just get like a phone call from some guys like hey you want to you want to come on this trip or like let's do this and stuff like that. So it's um yeah, but I mean I uh I took my boat down to the St. John's River a couple sure. of weeks ago and that that was the first time I've been there and that place was sick. Um did you guys go to the springs? Uh no. We uh we didn't have time. I mean, it kind of sucked. We got a we got a morning set in and then a massive storm started coming in. Oh yeah, it gets crazy out there. How about the gators? Did you see any monkeys in the trees? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw some huge gators. <laughs> did you see the monkeys in the trees? No, I didn't see any monkeys. I didn't I didn't even know they had monkeys there. Is that true or is that a I don't know. Damn. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. I've, I've heard rumors over the years that driving down the St. John's, but who knows? This uh, before, before we finish up here, the CTP, O'Brien, yeah. mm-hmm. your pro model. You're a very young human being to get a pro model and to get a, such a popular pro model too. Yeah, well, I mean, um, when O'Brien came to me and pretty much told me that they want to put uh, my name on a board and that they want to um, completely design a new board for me. Uh, I mean, they came to me in my last season of Junior Pro Men's. Like, I haven't had a season in pro. Um, and I know a lot of people um, were thinking that I'm too young, I haven't had enough time and stuff like that. But when a company comes to you and tells you that they want to make a board just for you and they want to put your name on it, like, like as if you would turn that down, of course I would say, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was absolutely stoked to get that phone call and, um, pretty much sat down with, uh, with Chris Johnson and just came up with some ideas and, um, yeah, pretty much, uh, the time, the time frame that we had, we pretty much just, uh, improved a board that was, that used to be in the line and, uh, pretty much changed, changed a couple of things that were on that and, uh, yeah, we're pretty much just going back and forth with prototypes and stuff like that and, uh. I'm uh yeah I'm absolutely stoked with. The, I like the graphic. Yeah no it's uh I'm a basic person and um I in like, a basic in a good way. Yeah and I mean I like basic graphics and um yeah when uh when O'Brien told me that they wanted to do a basic graphic I was like yeah like I perfect was, yeah I was fits stoked. you well yeah, yeah exactly so uh, I think I think they just wanted to do something that they know uh, would sell well because obviously it's my first season and. Um, I don't have the 
the fan base and I don't have the following and stuff like it's, that. It's growing for sure. I mean, I'd like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So how's the 2016 graphic looking? Are it's, you guys um, going to probably run the same board, just new graphic, I take it? Yeah, no, I've been writing, I've been writing my new graphic for a couple of weeks now and cool. um, I'm, uh, I like the way it looks. It's uh, kind of kind of similar to my last year's one, but, um, just different colors and different graphic, um, but still kind of staying along the basic cool theme which is cool beautiful i was gonna say i'll look for it at surf expo but no need i'm gonna be seeing you at uh u.s nationals yeah. in a couple of weeks that's it so i'll i'll look out for it there <laughs> uh listeners where can they find you on social media instagram twitter facebook yeah pretty much uh you can follow me on instagram and twitter at Corey tunison and um I uh, just started up a new Facebook page as well, and you can just uh, look me up on that, just at Corey Junison as well. Make sure you uh, shoot me the friend request, if you wouldn't what, mind. We're oh, friends on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if maybe... I, I've, I'm friends with two of your accounts. I'm friends with your athlete account and your... And your regular... There hey, make sure, you like, make sure you like the Golden Mike Facebook... Uh, Have I? Facebook page. All right. I'm gonna, I don't know if you have I'm, or if I'm you have I'm on my haven't. phone right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, just give it a few more moments before you get on your phone if you don't mind. But I want all you listeners to like the Facebook page too. I, I should have hit a thousand likes on that Facebook page eons ago. Yeah. No, I'll, uh, I'm, I'll I'm definitely give it a shout out. I'm getting close. Yeah. Um. Okay. Social media. So at Corey Tunison, uh, easiest way to find you. Yep. And how about your sponsors, boy? Why don't you give um, them a little love? Yeah, no, my uh, my sponsors have been great. So I got O'Brien, Red Bull, uh, Supra, Jet Pilot, um, Sunbum, and Dragon, and they're all awesome. They're all incredible. So that is a beautiful thing. See tuned, Corey Tunison, dude. Thank you so much for uh, coming out to my my spot. As of right now, the mini mansion. <laughs> nah, dude. Thanks for the thanks for the invite. This has been great. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this was really cool. And I hope the listeners enjoy it, and I'm sure they will. Sweet. Until next time. Thanks, Dana. Thank you. Guys, we'll be right back to wrap this up, so hang tight. It's the Golden Mic. Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and a love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Follow Woodrose on Instagram at Woodrose or check them out online at Woodrose.com. That's W-O-O-D. R-O-Z-E It's always fun to hear from the young minds. Corey's a real cool dude with a level head. I've never sensed any cockiness or entitlement from Corey. I've been able to watch Corey grow as an athlete and rise to the ranks. The way he approaches contests is that of a seasoned pro, and that's what makes him such a threat. That and his sheer talent. I look forward to continue watching Corey contest the top riders in the world as well as push himself to a whole new level. Harley Clifford may have set the bar, but if the young talent of today, guys like Corey, continue their push, contest life will be a whole new ball game as we keep moving down that lake of life. To all my listeners, contact me. Your feedback is always welcomed and encouraged. Shoot me a note through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. And if you don't like the Golden Mike Facebook page, make sure you like it. Again, I'm on Twitter, 
Follow me at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike. I'm also on Instagram. Shoot me that follow at Dano T Mano. D A N O T M A N O. Thanks again to Corey Tunison. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and the folks behind the scenes. Thank you to Performance Ski and Surf, Perfski.com, Hydra Fenders, Hungry Boards SUP, Woodrose, Jammy Pack, Sea Deck Marine Products, Go Puck, Logos That Pop, and Empire Sound and Lighting. That's going to do it for today's show. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Daniel the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.